Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How are we doing, chaps? All good, you? Yeah, it's a bit snug-like, but yeah, I'm all right. Are we going to disclose where we are and what, what we're doing? So, what, 45 minutes from uh, the Sellout Live show with, with Mark Crossley? And we're... We're in a toilet. <laughs> we're in a toilet, a backroom toilet, recording this. All three of us around one microphone. This is, this is the lens we go to, isn't it? It is, it is. It's what, we, it's what we do. It's what we do for the good, the good of the cause. We've had a week and a half since recording uh, Tomo. Just move up a bit, John. <laughs> we've had a week and a half since recording Tomo, and we're still doing it 45 minutes before we've got to go out and perform. Before the biggest night of our life. <laughs> Exaggeration or yeah, just me? I think you're panicking. Probably... Yeah, I'm nervous, lads. Are you? I've got a tequila lined up. Keep It'll it. It'll be good. It'll Keep be good. It. It's a, yeah, sold out at Nottingham, and there's there's two more coming this week, Halifax and Bradford. Bradford. And there's uh, all the rest of the dates are on Twitter. If you've not had a look, there's, the tickets are going like hotcakes. Tell you so what, getting quick. Nicky Hunt was a good one. Oh, I. He was. Oh, I. Was I, I really. I, I, when after we done it, I said. I think that's a, a two-parter, and they're both going to be very good. Yeah, you you called that, and, I, and I'm uh, not wrong. It's very, very rarely I'm wrong. Good old Bolton lads, good. Yeah, on your and holidays soon, aren't you? Pardon? On your holidays soon? Sunday. Oh, club tropic and the drinks are free. Where are you going? <laughs> Fun and sunshine. There, I'm going to Spain, mate. Spain. Spain. Oh, very exotic. Nurka. <laughs> if anybody's in Nurka, buy us a drink, please. What's going to be your poolside attire? Uh, a speedo thong. <laughs> I might go over myself. <laughs> I might even a croc. I, I might even. Oh, I've got some crocs. A, a nice pair of slazing, socks and crocs. So, Slazenger white socks. A pair of <laughs> pair of black crocs. Oh fucking hell! Have you shaved your back? Not yet. Not yet. I've got uh, I've, I've got some pruning to do. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I've got titch mashing to do it. We've got some good news, by the way. Incredible good news. news. Good news. Who knows wins? Leagues are going back live this Saturday. Get in. Excellent. I've missed them, I'll be honest with you. I have. My family have been fuming. All my mates, like, we're getting another league, we're getting... Yes, we are. And it's coming this Saturday. For all those who didn't play last time, if you don't know, you download the Who Knows Wins app on Google Play or the Apple Store. We've got ten fixtures for the weekend. Everyone chucks the fiver in. Pick your ten results. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's going to draw? The pot goes every week. Every week. It's a good split as well, isn't it? Full uh, pot. Yeah, 70%, 20%, 10% or something like that. Don't quote us on it, but... Yeah, but it's, uh, you, can still, you can still finish third and, and take your wife out for something to eat yeah. and a drink and all Come that. Come away with profit. I'm not one for... As you know, I'm not one for blowing me on trumpet, but 
I have actually got all ten correct of these yeah. before. You went on a bit of a hot streak, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Two or three weeks you that's were up there. That's what's paid for Nurka. <laughs> ah, now it makes hey, sense. That's what's paid for <laughs> my new Crocs. They're <laughs> <laughs> fucking laughing at me, dickhead. Yeah, so the new league will be live. This, and we're having Parky's Plonkers again. Yeah. Mm. So even if you're terrible, you've got a chance of winning. Yeah. Because you'll get to choose the, the, the worst of the bunch. Yeah, and you will get a shout-out on here if you've been... That dog shit. Yes, yes, you will indeed. So yeah. at least you know if you lose, you know it's not going to the bookies. Some other yeah. lads having a pint. Exactly. That's the thing. Mean? You're paying for somebody else to go to Nurka. So thank <laughs> you, thank you very much, troops. You didn't have to wear your Crocs tonight, John. <laughs> comfortable. Have you ever had a pair? No. Honestly, they are comfortable. I'm a sketches man. If I uh, if I win on Saturday, I might even. Treat myself to a, pair of, a new pair of crocs while I'm out there. Because hmm. there's a good chance I'm going to win. Because I'm shit hot at this game. Rainbow ones, I can see in. Yeah. yeah them cheap ones from one at shops. Like his teeth. Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, hell, he don't need a tequila. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, so if you've not downloaded the app already, get over to the iTunes store or Google Play, download the app, search for the Under the Cost League. It'll be live now, the league, so ready for Saturday's games. There's some internationals, there's some League One, there's some League Two, we've got a little bit of everything. You don't have to get them all correct to win the pot. Mm. That's the big thing as well. That's you, true, John. You might get eight and win the pot. So That's one of the perks, in it? Yeah, doing no, 100%. 100%. So. Tomorrow this weekend. Yeah. Alan and Thompson. Our, our first boxer. Yes, I think it is. No. I think it was oh, no, a wrestler we had, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. First boxer. He, he, has, he has got the result since we recorded this. Yeah, yeah let's not disclose that. No. no. Just yet. But no. Ju- ju- I'll just give, you, just give you a heads up. He's still picking his teeth up. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> But for charity, for charity, charity. For charity, charity. so it's fair yeah, enough. But Tomo's got teeth like me at the minute. <laughs> but no. no, but it's a good one. Yeah, great it's career, by the way. Fantastic yeah. career. Bol- Bolton, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Celtic. Celtic. Do you know what pisses us? I'm gonna have a little rant now. Oh. When you put the, um, you know, we put the things on Twitter and Instagram, and there's always people. If we miss a club out, yeah, you could have played five games for a team, and don't forget so and so. We can only get so many letters yeah. on Twitter. 180 mm-hmm. characters. So you, you tell them, assholes. I told them, John. Yeah, in no uncertain terms. Don't you be this aggressive all night, by the way. <laughs> You'll be getting that. You better not be this aggressive all night. <laughs> right, lads. Uh, right, let's, get, let's get Tom away, and we've got fucking, we've got a live show from the 280 people. Wish us luck. Yeah. Tomo, let's be having you. Yeah, come on, mate. T-O-T-M-O No, it's not got it wrong T-O-T-O-M-T-O-M-O Tom O That's what we used to sing It's something like that Yeah Grammatically incorrect that Yeah well So but Grammatically or dramatically Because you Dramatically Dramatically incorrect That was a rollercoaster I know you were You alright mate? All good, all good, yes. Thanks for coming on. I was, yeah, well, much appreciated. Nice to see. I was on time this morning, but... Yeah, we'll, we, uh, we'll, we'll not go into that we'll, part, we'll, yeah. Morning know, after yeah. the night before, innit? Yeah. yeah. Man City game last night. Nice bit of hospitality, lads, yeah. was it, yeah? It didn't suit us. It's not our bread and butter, that. Was it not? No. Nah. Nah. There Col- weren't enough bread and butter, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Collar and tie? No, nah, we dressed down, but it was just the, the portions and that. Too not, big? 
Far from it. <laughs> Far fucking from it. <laughs> two, is it scallops? Two scallops. Well, that big for a starter. We were livid, weren't ah, we? That's no good, is it? I thought they came warm, me scallops, but they were fucking freezing, weren't they? No. Yeah. Shite. Man City shite. Not for you, that. <laughs> Not no. for you, Port, yeah. <laughs> the pies would have been no good with your training because you've got the, a boxing match coming up, haven't you? I am trying to watch what I'm doing. Um, still getting me fix of chocolate, like. Um, but I've got a fight coming up, so. Trying to, trying to look. The lad know. from Blue, is it? Yeah, Blue. So normally anything blue with me, Celtic Rangers connections a little yeah. bit. So hopefully that'll that'll give us a bit of inspiration. The lad Simon Webb from Blue, yeah. Did it just come out of nowhere? Or you... I either got in touch with us about six weeks ago. Um, I think there's 18 fights, 18 fighters, nine fights. Um, most of them signed up about 12 weeks ago, I think. So I'm like halfway down the line from where most of the rest of them are. So I'm on catch up, so... If it doesn't go well on the Saturday night, that'll be my excuse. I signed up late. <laughs> I think this will be out after the fight. So if oh, will it? If you win, we'll keep it in. But if you get beat, we'll just yeah. T- t- I, I, I pre- I'm, I'm odds on probably to get beat. So <laughs> I mean, can you make it so you do get beat? And we can have a, a bet on I it. One, two, or three? Do you want us to go down? <laughs> uh, you got the book coming out as well soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, proofreading it at the minute. So hopefully that'll be out. Probably on Kindle, end of October, and then on the shelves maybe early November. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Have you enjoyed the process, like going through? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was hard work initially. Um, I moved into Jamie's Jamie's house, Jamie Boyle, uh, the author, um, for a week. It was fucking intense living with him for a week, let me tell you. I don't know how his <laughs> missus puts up with him. Um, I don't know if you've met him or not, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's full on. So, uh, it was hard work, but on the Friday when I left his house to go back to Lim where I live, it was, uh, the traffic was a nightmare on the M62, but I was just relieved to be out of his house <laughs> and in the car going back to Lim with a window down, chilling out, because it was a bit therapeutic, you know, getting a lot of shit off your chest and stuff that's been in the back of your mind yeah. for years and stuff, so... It was hard work, but I enjoyed the process, I yeah. Is that the thing to do then, when, you, when you're writing a book? Just to Move go in. and take yourself away... Moving with him. Well, the other alternative, I suppose, was either on the phone or, or, or Zoom, um, something like that. But it's not the same, is it? No, I just thought go in for a week, hit it hard, and then even though it was it was tough going, I was we got it done and dusted rather than four, five, six weeks on the phone, an hour or two a day. We were doing seven, eight hours a day at his house, so it was it was intense. But I was pleased when I got it done. Yeah. Yeah. So you started at, at Newcastle, but before that, Walls End Boys Club, isn't it? I started at Wall's End, along with many others. A lot of them. Um, I's been, Big names I have mean, come through there, haven't they? Lads older than myself. My age group was like myself. Lee Clark, Steve Watson, who Porty knows well. Um, Robbie Elliott. Um, and you've got Carrick Alan, Alan Shearer, there, slightly older than us. Yeah. Steve Bruce, older than that. Peter Beardsley, older than that. Neil MacDonald. Uh, Michael Carrick, a little bit younger than me. So there's been a conveyor belt over the years, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been anyone recently, I would say, of any standout. So, um, Are they still going? They're still, still going, up. they're still going, but um, I don't know if the academy systems took that away yeah. from the boys yeah. clubs or what, but there hasn't seemed to have been anyone for a few years that's broken through. But um, a great conveyor belt over the few years, and that's that's where I sorted off, yeah. Where, how old were you when, when Newcastle signed um, up? I think I was 13 when you initially get signed, yeah. when you can actually sign a form, but I was going in, to, back then it was called the Centre of Excellence, and so I was going in from eight, nine-year-old, a couple of nights a week. Then you get to 13, 14. Um, 
not sure what it was like when when the lads were playing, but when you signed for a club, um, you could still play for your boys' clubs and you can do bits and bobs, play for your school, play for your district, play for your county. Once you're associated with a professional club, now that's it. You're, uh, you can only yeah, play yeah. for them, which for me, I'm not sure if that's the right process for young lads. I think you should be playing for as many teams and getting as many touches of the ball you can, not just with your academy. But back then it was great. I loved the way it worked. I don't know about you, but I always enjoyed playing with my mates at school and stuff more than... When I got too serious, I, I didn't enjoy it as much. You used to enjoy playing with your mates' sisters at school as well, you. Needless, isn't it, Tom? Like, needless. It's true, though, isn't it? It's true. It's true. I, I just wondered what you meant when you said playing with your mates, but not yet. But, uh, no, it's, it, it was great playing with different teams, whereas now the kids, it's they're just playing for the basic academies, whoever they're with, you know? Mm. You know, I think you, you get to know different people and you don't always play on good pitches like they do nowadays. You go and play on shit heaps and it's a great ground and, and improves you as a player, in my opinion. Well, yeah. I know the academy system's been going for a while now, but I'm not sure if they get, you know, everything their own way. Are you looking up to in that first team? Um, I mean, it wasn't Newcastle, weren't Premier League at the time. They were, they were down in the doldrums, really. But when I was a young lad on the terraces... Um, watching before I signed for the club you had Keegan roundabout then coming back in 83 Terry McDermott Chris Wardle Gaza breaking in the team yeah. Imre Verardi so it was a great Newcastle team to watch as a kid but then eventually when I left school and joined the first team had lads like Mickey Quinn yeah. Very similar player to Parky, you know. <laughs> Very similar shape yeah, and all. Score goals for fun, not the most mobile. Um, bit like another teammate of mine, John Orton, was the same, you know. Good target man, technically good. So Quinny was great around the place. So it was it was a good grounding, seeing, you know, real good pros who'd, who'd played a lot of games and they didn't take any shit from us young lads, that was for sure. They weren't scared about giving stick. us a clip. Oh, yeah, if you step out of the line, you'd get a clip without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, off those lads. You get one got a few yeah, <laughs> without a doubt yeah you get locked in the boot room and lights off and given a hiding or something like that you know old school how was our dealers brilliant um he'd often join in the little circle before the game and or before training and he'd have a fag in his mouth and he'd one touch just didn't give the ball away he'd never be in the middle and then he dropped the odd story in about Maradona and people like that, you know, Mario Kempes, and you just think, all right, no problem then. <laughs> you just drop the Aussie and I'll pick that name up, Kempes. <laughs> World Cup winner 78 and all that, yeah. No, he was different class Aussie, yeah. We couldn't understand him, but we knew what he was trying to do. Uh, nearly took a, a turn for the whistle when you were, what, 17? 16, yeah, just after I left school, joined Newcastle. We'd been down Ellen Road to watch a reserve team game. And um, we had a bad car accident on the way back and yeah, it was a mess and had a real bad neck injury, so I was very lucky. And there's, a, there's a four other youth team lads there in There was you? me and four others in, in the old style mini, so it was pretty cramped, if you can remember the size yeah. of the old minis. That was 1990, so I missed a good 14, 15 months of me. Groomed, yeah, like, you know, proper progression time. I, that so well, I was watching it? my mates getting in the first team while I was out with this big Robocop and neck brace on, you know what I mean? And sitting on a bike pedalling all day while they were travelling, playing games and stuff was hard to do, but luckily got through it. Yeah. Aye, which was, it, was it up in the air whether you would play it again? It was touch and go at the start whether I'd walk again, so Fuck me. Uh, there's a lot about it and the book goes into quite a lot of detail. The physio from Newcastle at the time, still at Newcastle now, a lad called Derek Wright, he writes a bit in the book about how severe the injury was and how lucky I was, so 
very grateful to, to be fair, one. <clears throat> Newcastle's done well to sort of stand by you then, really, haven't they? If you said you were out for 14 months at, at that age. Yeah. Um, even on my 17th birthday, they weren't sure I was going to get back to, to playing again. The let us sign a pro contract just out of looking after us and trying to give us a lift type of thing, which which it did. It gives us a lift signing a pro contract and I hadn't even, hadn't played a dozen games in a youth team. So um shows you how highly the thought of us and, and the... Uh, Stood by us massively, yeah. Fair so, yeah. I but it was it was a tough time for me and my family because, like I said at the beginning, when I first went into hospital in Durham, they were unsure if I'd walk again initially. Um, then I had a big neck brace on, got out, and then that wasn't healing, so I had to go back in to the Freeman Hospital in Newcastle and get surgery in the January, which was a nightmare for a young lad getting neck surgery because you don't know what's going to happen. So tough time, but luckily come through it, yeah. Was it one of them, you know, when you got back, did it, was it something that spurred you on over to take it for granted? You know, you always wanted to... I never took anything for granted and, um, you know, I, I didn't really suffer any bad injuries throughout my career in terms of ankles, knees, hips or anything like that. Just, I had that bad one in the car accident at the start and then, start and then just got a couple of little niggles on the way. So I was lucky really after that. I mean, I suffer a bit now. Um the back and the neck sometimes so fucking don't say that if Simon Webb's fucking listening I don't <laughs> think he's a piece of piss that's what my dad said was the other week when I told my dad I was in this boxing thing he was like are you taking a piss or what he said one good punch and your neck will go <laughs> I've had 15-20 years heading a football well yeah. I didn't really fucking edit to be honest but um, you know hopefully the neck will stand up at what age and how long from getting back from your neck to your day I, I had the car crash in September 90 um, I think it was November, December, 91. So it was, it was well over a year, you yeah. know. Um, but I was sub, I was sub and I remember um, we had to have a collar and tie for the first team game the next day at St. James's against uh, Cambridge, it might have been. And I had to go down to next in the city centre and get myself a, a jacket and a tie and a shirt and a pair of strides. I mean, it was this maroon blazer thing I bought. I must have looked the right knob. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned up on the Saturday and I was sub. So we goes out, warms up, blah, 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 and comes in after the warm-up, ready to get your gear on to sit on the bench and that. And Lee Clark's running off the pitch to play at St. James's some steps as he come off the pitch to get into the dressing rooms. And he's running up the steps and something goes in his foot. He'd fractured something in his foot. So they comes in, manager comes in, Tom, oh, you're playing? I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> I ain't got any time to prepare for it. Like, you know what I mean? So it wasn't a bad thing because I, I wouldn't have probably slept the night before but I'd known I'd been starting. So because Lee got injured in the warm-up, I'm, uh, I end up starting a game. So, aye, Ozzy, give us me chance. How'd you do? First game? I've done all right, I think. I scored, I, I, no, uh, we won 2-0. I put a good ball in at the Leeds' end for Steve Howie. He scored a good header, so an assist in my first game. I was happy with that. But I can't remember much about it, uh, apart from that. Yeah. Well, that was you in there. I trusted you. I got in. Um, you must have had a good night that night in Newcastle, eh? You <clears throat> were. I don't think I was 18, Parky, so I wouldn't have been allowed out. Now I would have had a good night. <laughs> you know, that night. Yeah, probably with the lads, Watto and Clarky and Steve Howie and people like that, Lee Makel and stuff, so I would have been a good night. Did they get you going out? The older ones. The older ones, 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 ones that often drag us out. They'd often the drag us out. Tommy Wright, goalkeeper. Um, forgot to mention Kevin Sheedy before. Sheed's like the pint, Kevin Dillon. So they'd often drag well out on, on a night out. Remember one night they dragged us out. We'd been to some awards ceremony at the Civic Centre in the town. And they've all got their dicky bow ties and that, the lads. Well, me, Steve Watson and Lee Clark haven't got them. So we go into this place in the city centre to hire suits. 
So I thought, I would be a bit different. We'll get the black strides, white jacket, white shirt and a red tie. So we went to the award ceremony and we ended up in this place in Newcastle called Grey's Club, which was quite well known for the older birds coming in. <laughs> you know, we're 18, 19, but some of the older lads were in the element. Well, if they were single, they would have been in their element. And uh, we get to chatting to these uh, women, me, Steve and Lee, and uh, we must have said something under water, one of us must have. And they just threw these pints on me. Well, they weren't even our suits, so we had to take the suits back the next day. So we take the suits back into this place in Newcastle next to the monument, and the bloke's like, the jackets were just full of beer stains and all that. <laughs> just said with a dry cleaning bill. So um, now we would get a night out with the older boys, but they could drink, man. We, we, we were just young lads. We couldn't yeah. keep up with them in those days. Was Killer Klein there? Killer would have been there, yeah. We've heard, like, had a few of the lads on from that time. They said he was the main man. Aye, Killer, he would organise most of it. Um, we got promoted and uh, the gaffer said, get yourselves away. We went high and upper. Don't know if anyone's been on him. If Nash has been on him, he might have told you the story. So we're, uh, we've been out on the lash and high and upper. We all go back, like, you know, early evening to have a bit of a kip and a shower, get freshened up after the beach. Well, Killers fell asleep in the bar in this little place we're staying in. So he's had a few scoops. So one of the lads, Killer's got his tash in his beard and his long hair. One of the lads shaves half a Killer's tash off when he's asleep. So when he wakes up sober, Killer's like, what the? He's gone mental. Loved it as well, didn't so he? Oh, yeah, it was his pride and joy. <laughs> <laughs> What's his missus going to say when he lands back in Newcastle and he's got half a tash? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not keeping half a tash, is he? That's what he was worried about. His missus, when he landed in Newcastle, what she'd say, because she loved his tash and his crazy beard. And anyways, his initial thoughts were, me, what or and Nash, Lee Clark. So apparently he's on the warpath where we've got to do a runner and we've still got our beachwear on. We thought we can't even go back now because he thinks it's one of us. Young lads had a drink taking the piss. As it happens, it was one of the senior players and um, I think it was Derek Fazakli was looking after us at the time. He was the first team coach under Kevin Keegan and uh, Faz had to calm him down and tell him it wasn't us but we still weren't going back even though he wasn't. I think <laughs> he got to the bottom of who it was, killer. I think it was Barry Venison it might have been. If Killer doesn't know, sorry, Ven, as I've just grasped <laughs> uh, No, I'm sure they got to the bottom of it, but, oh, man. Yeah, do you want to kill him then? Or do you want to kill oh, him? Oh, he was on a warpath killer, yeah. One, he was probably still half cut because he's been out all day on the lash. But um, that was his pride and joy, man. That and his ponytail <laughs> and his barge up somewhere in the in the hills in Yorkshire. But, um, oh, he's a proper character killer, yeah. I can't remember, it might have been Bez that was saying that after that, it was never the same because he he was held in such high regard. It was a bit of a like a respect type thing, and he said that, that it just never ah. was the same after that. Did or he wasn't. I think did, did his hair go as well? I don't know if they cut his ponytail off or it was half his because his tash was massive. Yeah, it was like a big ferret over his top lip type <laughs> of thing. But uh, I they might have cut his ponytail. Now you said that, yeah. But um, <laughs> I it didn't go down well. Um, I don't think Killer found it funny at all. Yeah. And you don't want to cross kill it, to be fair. Mm. No, a big old unit, weren't he? Still on the barge now, isn't he? I think he spends half his time on the barge, half the year, somewhere over here, and then he d Portugal, I think, the rest right. of the time. I haven't seen him for a few years, but great fella. Great lad, having a dressing room. You're saying you, you, you wouldn't have slept now before. Did you suffer from nerves before a game? Um, I, I did. I Once the game started, I was all right. But um, I used to spew up before games. Yeah. Used to spew up. I've had a few, few be lads. Before the game... And then half time, I was a nightmare. Get one out at half time as well. Oh, I'd get one out at half time, whether it was in the dressing room or on the pitch. I mean, the groundsman at Celtic Park used to go mental with me. There'd be patches where I'd spewed up when I'd go back. <laughs> so on the even pitch. that far into your career, like uh, uh, even, uh, even towards the end, even I mean, 
the last time I played a run of games would have been on loan at Hartlepool towards the end of my career. Yeah. And I went back to Leeds for the last half of the last season. I didn't play much at Leeds when I went back, but even at Hartlepool, just before I retired, I'd still I'd still do it. When did it start? Started as soon as I was a kid when I got into the first team at Newcastle. Just in the first team, right. when you were young, like younger, younger. Not younger, younger, no, but then um, Bruce Riop talks about it in, in my book. He, he does a little chapter in between, like a little piece in between chapters. And, and I read it the other day and he was talking about Stanley Matthews used to do it, so... But Stanley yeah, Matthews can do it. Sammy Lee used to do it at Liverpool, I found out. So I think it's more common than you think, but yeah. the pre-match meal would come back up and, you know, whatever I was drinking at half-time would come back up. And Was there ever a time, you know, like, as the game's going on and you haven't felt sick or haven't wanted to be sick, were you thinking, I don't feel right here, I need to be sick? No, I think that's what it was all the way through. I needed to do it to make us feel better. I don't know. It yeah. was just one of them things. But as soon as the, start, the game started... I wouldn't get out of breath and think, oh, I need to do it now. It was just when it had stopped, I don't know if I was thinking about it or what. I did go to get some help on it, but it wasn't pretty inconclusive yeah. really. Mm. He just said it might have been a fucking fear of getting injured after having a serious car accident, neck injury, but... Oh, spit bucket might be getting some stick when you get it ring. I was getting mm, bad. Right. Um, oh, oh, I, don't, I, I, I haven't even thought of that. Imagine spewing <laughs> up before getting in the fucking ring. Shit, or in the ring. He might slip on it, side. Be like that in my corner, man. Give us the bucket. <laughs> At least he's got a bucket. There's no buckets on the pitches, but... Um, At least he'll have an excuse as well if it goes tits up. I've, I've had a bug. Uh, I've struggled. <laughs> even, your, I don't know, have you done them COVID tests when you've got to put it down? You yeah. have to put anything in my mouth. I'm a nightmare, me. Unless it's a pair of tits, like. <laughs> um, but, but that gum shield in my mouth, do you know what I mean? The gut, it just makes you want to, like, the gag reflex yeah. type of thing. So I've even when I've been out running and doing these power walks and that, I've been trying to wear the gum shield just to get used to something in my mouth. So I've never even thought about spewing yeah. up before. Like, <laughs> thanks, Cheers. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> no, but there was, there was one story we were playing um, on the away game. It was after Ozzy Ordeal as a left. And Kevin, Kevin was the manager at Newcastle. Kevin Keegan, Terry Mack was number two. And I didn't think I was playing. It was an evening kickoff, so we'd had pre-match and gone back to the room. And that you got an hour to kill before you get on the bus, haven't you? Before you go to the game, and uh, I was still hungry after pre-match. I didn't think I was starting, so I'd ordered some chocolate gato from room service. <laughs> anyways, we're having a team meeting before we get on the bus downstairs in the meeting rooms. Kevin names the team, and I'm in the team. Well, gets to the ground, don't we? I'm in the sink, in the in the toilets, in the. <laughs> Chocolate gat all over the shop and all that. <laughs> goes out to warm up. Kevin goes in the urinals for a pee and there. Terry, come and have a look at this. And one of the sinks was full of chocolate gato. He, he got Terry to ring the hotel and found out who'd, who'd ordered chocolate gato. So that didn't go down well. <laughs> he, he actually put it in his boot, Kevin. He put that in his boot. I was thinking, holy shit, he's battered us there. But um, that was the early days. Did he say what's about it before the game then? No, the but he, he battered us after. He absolutely battered us after the game. What are you doing? I went, I was still hungry, didn't think I was playing. Well, I hadn't named the fucking team, so it's probably the wrong thing to do, but... Solid detective work, that one way way oh, crazy, right? I got Terry to ring the hotel and see who'd order chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've got some spewing stories, man. <laughs> when it comes to moving to Bolton, did you feel like you needed to progress, get more, play more football? Aye, we had a couple of lads older than me at Newcastle at the time. I've mentioned Kevin Sheedy, you know, world of a left foot, absolute worldy. Scott Sellers was older than me, so there were two lads there who I didn't see myself getting a lot of football in the team. I just thought the time was to move on, and as much as I didn't want to, Newcastle was me, yeah. my boyhood uh, club. So, so how old were you? I was 
19, I think, when I left. It's a big decision, yeah. though, still at 19, yeah. isn't it? Aye. So um, it was just time to move on and try and play some games. Obviously, I wanted to make the most of it after yeah. being out for a, a long period with a, with a neck injury. I just wanted to go and play. Did they and want you, you to stay? You they like they'd to offered stay? us a deal to stay, um, but I didn't see myself playing and I wanted to play. I'd had a taste of first team football at Newcastle. Yeah. I played only about 20 games, but I wanted to play. And, um, that's no age now is it 20 no. 19, 19 20. 20 like no. the, you know the, the lads who were at City that's like mm. the first chance probably at 20 yeah. 21 yeah. 22 yeah. just thinking about breaking into the team well, I've, I've got a young relative who's at, well two of them at Newcastle the Longstaff brothers yeah. they're related and young Matty's 21 he's gone on loan to Aberdeen just to get some probably games under his belt hopefully he goes back to Newcastle and be a better player for it but I just thought at the time I was 18, 19, I wanted to go and play um, and, and Bolton come in and I knew Colin Todd from the North East. His son was the same age as me, being at Newcastle, Andy Todd. Um, and he'd, he'd mentioned it to Bruce Riott and they come in and yeah, I fancied it. So that was how the Bolton move come about. Did you hit the ground running? Or did it take yeah, you a while? I was in and out. Sure. I was in and out at first. Um, Bruce had a really good team. Um, so it took us a bit of time to settle. You know, I lived on my own, got in a bit of bother. Bruce being the kind of manager he was, he wasn't happy because I was a young lad, got my dad down for a chat to my dad and moved us into digs oh, type of thing. So took us a bit of time to settle, but once I found my feet, yeah, it was great. Bother going out, going out and then um, I got involved with Phil Brown, John McGinley, Aidan Davison. Um, don't know if anyone knows Aidan, come across him. Goalkeeper. Aye. Absolute cracker jack of the highest order. Um, <laughs> tell you some stories about the big fella, holy shit. Um, but I, well, he was from the northeast, Aidan Davison. Phil Brown was from the northeast, yeah. I was from the northeast. So they were kind of lads I got around. John McGinley was a great lad. So um, I think Bruce wasn't so happy that I was knocking around with the, the older players yeah. type of thing. But they were the kind of lads I got myself attached to and got in a bit of bother. Someone did mention though, talking about Aidan Davison. Was there something with a, a bet on the on the buzz on the way home from an away game? Yeah, yeah, there was a few times I you there. There'd be a card school going at the back. And uh, back in the day, if we had a game away from home and then you've got a three, four hour bus journey back to Bolton and you've got a decent result, the gaffer would let you get a few beers on in that on the bus. You get out the ground and you try and find the first off license. And uh, the lads were playing cards. <laughs> McGinn was playing, um, Brownie would have been playing Aidan Davison, can't remember who the fourth player was. And uh, Aidan sat next to the window, so he few cans in that. You need a piss, don't you? Don't want to disrupt the card game, so he just filled the <laughs> bottles up and that, so the lads would just pass the bottle around, fill the bottle, empty bottle of water up. <laughs> Big fella's had a few cans and he's like, lads, have a whip round and I'll neck that bottle. And we're like, nah, nah. So we'd have a whip round the bus, five or a man. And the big fella just, he'd have a dabble at that and he'd just go, oh, lovely that. And then he'd just oh. neck it. He'd just neck it and pocket his cell 100 and odd quid like type of thing. So oh, it's warm. I, proper old school, the big fella. It's warm. Um, it's probably a little bit frothy. Yeah, on it's got that froth oh, on it. it. Oh. He loved the crack, the big fella. So, um, Strange cats for them keepers, aren't they? They're, aye, they're, a, they're a different breed. Aye. Aye, I mean, couldn't tell off the stories about some of them, but um, I'd have definitely a cut above the rest. <laughs> Two promotions, yeah, Bolton. Aye, it was it was it was a good time. Bruce was different class. Bruce Rio was he? Aye, he was different class. I mean, we weren't like an out and out footballing team. We were fit. We had good players. We could play. Don't get us wrong. You don't win the championship as 
by a distance that we did without being a decent team, but he had us fit. He had a good mixture of senior players, you know, McGinley, Coyley, Mixu, Patalain and um, Tags. And then he had good younger lads, Stubbsy, Jason McAteer, myself, Nathan Blake was, you know, quality. So it was a good combination and there was no, no coincidence that we were successful at that level. And then maybe the Premier League was probably a step, probably too much for us. Um, the first season at the Reebok, we were unlucky to go down. But now it was a great time, great great period in the, in the club's history, without a doubt. How was Coyle as a player? Because we've had lads on who've played under him. And they um, just say he's a... He was, he was a live wire, lively in the dressing room, live, lively on the pitch. Did he used to commentate on his own shooting drills? I like, loved it. Coyle. I was, yeah, Coyle. He, yeah, he did. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to, when we used to do drills, I used to be Peter With when I was a kid, even though I can't head the football. I don't know why I was Peter With, but Coyley was always Coyley like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, he wasn't a bad head tennis player. He was a better head tennis player than he was a footballer, Coyley. But, um, <laughs> what are you going to be today? I'm going to be Owen Coyle, aren't I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable, but. Uh, I went bad at head tennis, Coily, but chirpy man, never shut up, never shut up. But uh, he was always the driver on the night out. He, he didn't drink, Coily, so always had his cans of full yeah. fat coke. Uh, no, I'm bro. No, he was a Coca Cola man, I think. Aye, seen him on a telly the other week when he was like, whatever job he had, and he's thinking, how's he so fat? He doesn't even drink. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, no, he was a live wire in the dressing room, Coily. Would Phil Brown get some stick with his tan? Because he was always well tanned, wasn't he? I like the sunbed, but I think he might have been a bit natural as well, you know. Yeah. I loved the sun. He had a sunbed in the house, Brownie. Um, the one of them that go over the bed? I one of them that you stand up when you <laughs> finish with it. With the green goggles. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sunbed, Brownie. Uh, <laughs> you know, just sums him up that. He's got his own sunbed. He's got a sunbed. I don't yeah. like him, mate. That was before sunbeds were around. Yeah. Did yeah, you play for him? Did you yeah, all. It all? Yeah. Well, you, you weren't playing in the game when he... Made a tit of himself. Oh, no, no, no. But I enjoy watching him crumble after yeah. that. It was a strange thing to do, wasn't it, that one? Thing is, it was it's just typical him. All about him, innit? Yeah. You know, to make a bit of a fucking scene Aye. for himself and get his Senate press. But. <laughs> he would, he'd often do things, Brownie, wouldn't he? To, to try and get a reaction yeah. off people. One of them was, we, we'd been on a night out in Manchester. And um, <laughs> again, it was Brownie, McGinley, Aidan Davison and myself. I was driving at the time because it was in Manchester. It was an awards gig on. And uh, I said, I'll drive. I had a little Fiesta XR2i at the time. I thought I was the bollocks. <laughs> little white thing. Bought it off Franz car. Who are Franzy car? And anyways, we go to this do. They're having a drink in the afternoon. It was a Boddington's do at uh, one of the hotels in Manchester. Canton, I won the main award, but John McGinley had won one of the monthly awards. So we got invited through John. So they have had a good scoop and they were on Deansgate in Manchester. Brownie being Brownie. He's chipping away at Aidan Davison, chipping away. And I'm thinking... Big shake, he's getting a bit angry. <laughs> he'll either give him a right hand or something's going to kick off. And anyways, Brownie was chipping away and Aiden's going, goalkeeper should earn, what outfield players earn, blah, blah, blah. And Brownie was just trying to get a reaction off him. Next thing, big Aiden just picks a bar stool up, whizzes it through a window. Aye, well, we got locked up. <laughs> Busy's come, Nick, we'll get locked up in Bootle Street Police Station in Manchester. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sober. Norm McGinley was outside on the, in a phone box. Trying to find, <laughs> he was trying to find out if he was in the Scotland squad. Right? So he, he just missed it, McGinn. Me, Aidan and, and Brownie got nicked, got locked up in Bootle Street uh, Police Station. Aidan's pissing in the back of the police van when we're on the way to the station. And I'm thinking, what's going? I've got my feet up like that, trying not to get pissed on. Anyways, we got locked up for the night. And uh, 
had to try and explain that to the manager the next day, but he'd already knew it was on the front page of the Bolton even knew, so caused trouble. But it was Brownie. It was Brownie who instigated the load, you know <laughs> what I mean? And chipping. And I'm thinking, I'm sober, I shouldn't be getting locked up here, but <laughs> we didn't anyways. It's a good alibi, that, isn't it? Being the phone box. I was on the, I was on the phone. The thing is, yeah. when, was when the letter's out in the morning, it was a rush to get the training. We've got black ties on as well. So we hadn't even got time to go and get changed. We had to turn up in my whistles. <sighs> At least I was sober, but uh, my card be clamped. We had parked my car overnight, it was clamped. <laughs> so then I had to try and sort that out. I'm thinking, oh, I couldn't get any worse. And then when I went in the gaffer's office, he just pulled the boat leaving news out after training. He already had it. So he went through, was like a dose of salt. But I don't even blame Aiden for throwing the bar stool through the window. <laughs> I blame Brownie. <laughs> when, you, when you turn out car and seat, car clamped, and you're oh. there in suit, pissy shoes. And you're in a hurry. Yeah, it's got like, to be a half nine yeah. in the morning. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to say he threw a fucking fell through the window. <laughs> <laughs> or he could have done a big fella if he wanted. Any fans for that? Oh, yeah, we've got fine, yeah. aye. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he hit us all with a week. Typical McGinley, he got away with it. <laughs> he, was in the, he was in the phone box ringing, trying to get in touch with Craig Brown, so he was in the Scotland squad. He watched us get through in the back of the police van, McGinn as well. Time to go. Didn't even put any more money in <laughs> meter, lazy bastard. <laughs> I was asking about Sasa Sirchik. Sasa was, ah, he was a talented lad, but when he did, when he first signed, man, he just he must have come over from wherever he come over from and just had the same gear until he got paid. And then all of a sudden he's coming in Versace underpants and matching socks and everything, Larry. But Good player, Sasa. Um, and then he got a great move to Villa, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. You being a Bolton fan, you must have loved watching him. Oh, he was unbelievable. Yeah. But he's like, he was in Serbian Big Brother, I think he won it. And there's there's videos really? of him like, in straight raving with his car. Uh, car turned up full blast. He was a bit... What, recent? Yeah. Last time I seen him, he was face down asleep in a hotel corridor um, a few years ago, playing a charity match at the, at the Reebok. We'd had a night out and I'm going back to my hotel room. He was just on the floor, face down, asleep in the hotel corridor. So <laughs> he had a good night, I think. <laughs> it's normally the other way around. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> How long was it before you started thinking that you could get a move? It's probably the season in the Premiership, the last season, but we got relegated at Chelsea last game of the season, and I knew there'd been a lot of people there during that season, and I'd done all right. I think I scored about... 12 or 13 goals from midfield so obviously didn't want to get relegated but it was in the back of my mind if we get relegated and get a chance of a move I don't really want to go back to the championship I was probably 23 at the time probably played a couple hundred games at Bolton and wanted the opportunity to probably go on and, and play back in the premiership you know but you were happy you, you playing consistently doing I, well no, Bolton was brilliant them, if Bolton had stayed up I, I possibly mm. could have stayed for another season or two without a doubt yeah but it was just the fact that I'd gone we'd gone down and I'd spoke to Colin Todd was then the manager and uh, they'd paid 250 grand for us as a, as a young lad from Newcastle and and they ended up selling us for 4.7 4.75 so I think they were happy and, and I was happy with the profit that they yeah. made and time to move on to different things you know how was Gregory? Because he seems Phil Brown-esque in terms of... Chocolate. Chocolate, I yeah. I was uh, 
it was a bit like that. Obviously, don't want to go too much into it, but because there's a lot in the book type of thing. But um, a lot of it was was about him, and um, I think we'd won the first ten or eleven games of my first season and beat a club record. And we played Southampton at the Dell to break the record and won. And he got us all on the pitch. No, like what you were saying before, Parky. Mm. Huddersfield hadn't lost in 50-odd games and then you saying they lost the next two. <laughs> typical, isn't it? Would won us, I don't know if it was the first 11 or 12 games at Villa and then the game we brought the record, he got us all together with the staff on the pitch at the Dell, um, the old Southampton ground, a big pitcher. We lost the next game. You know what I mean? It was one of them that did you need to do it type of thing, come back to haunt you. Yeah. So that, that epitomised what he was about, really. It was one of them, we're sitting in the dressing room after the game. Shouldn't have done that photo, really. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Do it after the runs ended. You know, not while it's still going. So, yeah, that was that was Greg's. Big characters, though. Big Dion, Southgate. Aye, big Hugo. God rest him. Hugo mm. Ekiog, great around the dressing room, pain in the arse in the hotel night before having your dinner and that. He send his food back. It was never good enough. His brother was a chef, so. Big Hugo's one of them. That's not, that steak's not, I get it back and then he send it back three or four times. Big Hugo's, God bless him. But uh, now it's David Ginola, Paul Merson, David James, Benito Carbone. There was some absolute fruit loops. There was yeah, some fruit loops. Oh, Bosnich. I mean, there's some cracker jacks in that dressing room there was. Oh, Gary Charles, you know, Charlo. Right, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, ah, there was some lunatics in that dressing room villa. I mean, some proper egos. Remember being pre-season, we were in Lisbon, uh, played Benfica and the day after the game, the gaffer said, oh, he's going to have the day off, go down the beach, have a few drinks, get a bite to eat. So we're all sat around a couple of big tables and <clears throat> and uh, some of the names you just mentioned there, like David Ginola's in, David's getting the centre of attention. The women are coming up, photographs, photographs, yeah. he's doing the lot, you know, the hairs, the, everyone knows who David is, even <laughs> in Portugal. We were just like on his shoulder, just <laughs> I was waiting for the knockdown. I'm picking the bits up, I'm sat next to him, do you know what I mean? But some of the lads couldn't handle it. Some of the some of the, the, the big hitters, Merce and Bosnich, uh, uh, Gareth weren't too bad because Gareth didn't have that big an ego, but some of them, JMO, David James, they didn't like the attention that J uh, David was getting and they kind of squared the bill up and done one. I just thought, fuck it, I'm man marking David. <laughs> 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 I'm not David. Well, yeah, so David had his little disciples behind him, me and Steve watching Steve Stone, Gareth Southgate. You know? <laughs> the only, only way we were going to pull a bird was <laughs> David. <laughs> <laughs> that's shit that, isn't it? that's oh, shit from them innit yeah you know what I mean uh, you're like just, that's what some people are like though, isn't it? you know it's just but us being the young lads yeah David like, he's a god to me are incredible Warwick David yeah oh unbelievable I mean I was lucky to play with a couple of players who, who each foot was as good as the other Beardsley being one Peter was brilliant Brilliant player and two brilliant feet. A lad called Lubo Moravchek, who you probably haven't heard of, played for Celtic, who Zidane said he's the best player he ever played with. So if Zidane said that, you think, wow, I think that was it. Marseille, where he played with Lubo. But David was the same. You'd say, are you left footed or right footed? You didn't know. Well, I was just out and out, left footed. Not sure what you were. But I was no footed. In the air. <laughs> chest just and made off. Chest. No, no I was one of them where you just, in training, you'd think, I he hadn't got a weak foot. He was one of them. Um, so talented, I. But Beardsley and, and Moravchek were the same. Did well, you see much of Beardsley when he played for Bolton? Yeah. I, I don't think he played he was, an awful lot. It was no, towards the he end. Was of right at the back end of his career. Yeah, wasn't it? That must have been 
for you personally, like I mean, it was someone you you admired. Well, I knew I, I knew him from the northeast. He's from Wall's End, yeah. as, as I'm from. So I knew Peter, and um, obviously grew up watching him as a, as a kid at Newcastle. To play with him at Bolton was brilliant. He was he still at it, um, but I don't think he's seen eye to eye with a manager at the time, Colin Todd. Yeah, I think it was vice versa. One didn't like the other, and the other didn't like the other one. So. <laughs> I bet, you never, I bet you never hung around Peter Beasley on a night out, did you, for the knockdown? <laughs> yeah, absolutely bang on. I don't think he ever had a night out with him, Peter. No, he, I don't think he was out. No. Yeah. The leaders in men's grooming are uh, supporting us once again. And they're back with the 4.0. It sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds incredible. It sounds as though you could cut the lawn with it. Yeah. Remind right. your fucking balls. Sort your package out with the Manscaped 4.0 performance package. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! Oh, I wasn't expecting no, that. Oh, no, I don't mind. That's what Manscaped does. Yes, you can join the two million other men. That's four million pristine testicles, that. You can join the other two million and the four million testicles by... Going to www.manscape.com, getting on the performance package and putting in the code COSH20. Do you know what the performance package comes with? There it is in the little bag. I'll show you now, Chrissy. It comes with the lawnmower 4.0. Yes, to give that clinical cut around the testicles. No nips, no cuts. Yes, she smooth. is. You can just go wild on the nuggets with that. Oh, I'm glad you've. There's a bit of debris on the. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you've left them airs on there for us, Matthew. <laughs> Very much appreciated. An easy ride from the gooch to the shaft. It is a comfortable shaft. Whips it all shaft. off. No. Dis- Have you dis- been <laughs> using that? <laughs> Look at the state of that there. Not only. Comes in handy, by the way. You get, you get the weed whacker, today. which is for the nose and, yeah. the, and the lug holes. And it does Fantastic work on my nose. For the ears, for the nose. It works on mine, so. It'll work on anything. It'll work on anything. Tried and tested. And then once you've done that, the... Um, deodorant. The does deodorant, come in yes, the Crop Preserver, ball deodorant. Yeah. And the Crop Reviver, ball toner. So, Get out of them creases. Nobody you know, likes like, a rinky sack. You know, like when you go to the... Uh, you know when you go to the barbers and you ask for number one or number two? Yeah. You can do it on here. What's your preference, John? Oh, oh I'm down to the wood. I'm, I'm, I'm the big dog. Down I'm, to the board. I'm down to the wood. <laughs> Literally. So, so if you yeah, down to the warm wood. So if you want it a little bit longer or a little bit shorter, it's available. And two free gifts come with it as well. That's your box of shorts and your little bag, which it's is a good nice bag. in it. I've upgraded that to my number one wash bag. Yeah. But uh, good stuff yeah, though. Get the twenty percent off with the code cost twenty. All you've got to do go to www.manscape.com, put in the code cost twenty, you get twenty percent off. How did uh, Gregory handle the talk about the loose cannons? Was it? Did he struggle with big? He liked to fight as well, David, didn't he? David did loved one. Yeah. So did, would he like Chris yeah. said? Would he just let it slide because they were because he was so good? Who David? Yeah. I don't know. I just think I don't think he's one of them who'd go in the dressing room and have a faggot half time. Where I've played with players who just walk in the dressing room and have yeah. one. In, yeah. In, in the, it's more in, common in than the you toilet. think. Like, yeah. Yeah, it is more common. But I Greg struggled a bit with a, with a big hit as. In my opinion, um, no, didn't didn't it, like confrontation or um, no, not really. He'd try and he try and avoid it if he could, if he could avoid it. Yeah, um, obviously he had like mercy at the manager, who was obviously difficult to manage. Merce. Um Would he just give him free ring? Because we speak a lot about 
lads who were so good, but the kind of could be a problem. You know, like the teammates might be like, "How's he getting away with that?" I the mean, manager gives them yeah. a better. He wouldn't. He wouldn't like Bruce Rio. Anyone stepped out of the line, he didn't give a shit if it was a, his main man or or not his main man. A young lad playing for the reserves, he'd hit them hard. Whereas Greg's give some of the big hitters, in my opinion, a bit of leeway. We'd be going out at twenty five past ten to start it off ten, and Bosnich would be just getting out his car strutting in. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, hold on, you know, mm. it's all the same. We've all got the same rule sheet with same type of thing. So yeah. I struggled with the, some of the. He just let them rain do what they wanted basically but I can't imagine Dion and Gareth Southgate taking too kindly to it either though no not really but um, you just it was one of them he was the manager and I think he had rules for for others that rather than you know everyone off the same him sheet he was he let a few get away with it in my opinion I don't think he can work that no I don't think that's that's maybe why it didn't that's maybe why it didn't work because we had a we had a squad capable of of doing good things, and that's maybe why we didn't. Um, we did finish in the top four, but you know we we got beaten the FA Cup final off Chelsea in two thousand. Um, that's maybe why that Villa team wasn't didn't win anything mm. because I think one of the players you had, off. man. Oh, it was mad. I mean, Carbone was different class, great player. Dion was at the time flying. Um, David Merce was whatever you think of Merce as a person. He was an absolute magician. Brilliant on the ball, just purely one-footed outside of the right foot, could do anything. Um, Julian Georgian was flying at the time, but for whatever reason, we just weren't successful. Could you tell Merson had the issue? Did he used to, could you just buy oh, all the time, and stuff? All the time, yeah. He was, um, he was in the manager's office regular. He'd probably go through spells where maybe he wasn't having a drink or he wasn't gambling, but then you kind of knew when he was as well, so... Obviously, he's, he's outspoken about it. Everyone knows his yeah. issues he's had, so it's obviously tough for people, in it? You got with Stan? Stan was great. Big Stan, I. And hell, we haven't even mentioned Stan when we're yeah. talking about characters, have we? Um, I, Stan, was great for me when I first went there. He was one of the ones who put his arm around us and looked after us, if you want, I. Was he Marmite? I think he come across as he was, but then when you got to know him, he was quite a deep thinker and yeah. and uh, quite, a, quite a bright lad, you know? Because um, we do get a mixed bag. Yeah. They've played with him. Well, you, well, you do, don't you? Mm. you? You get a mixed bag on everyone. You know, he would say what he wanted and when he wanted, he didn't give a shit. Some days, I mean, I love training. You know, I hate being injured. I, you know, Stan would come out some days and he wouldn't. He might not fucking break into a sweat type of thing. Well, I hate that personally because I like to run around and stuff like that. But when Stan wanted a train or Stan wanted a play, Stan was unplayable. Left foot, right foot, quick strong he had everything but it was when Stan wanted to do it type of thing and you just think ought to have that talent to be able to do that switch Mm. it on and off he could switch it on and off and if he didn't fancy it he didn't fancy it did many of them um, them characters clash you said any any scraps in the on the training pitch Um, I think you get scraps wherever you go don't you Yeah. I remember having a scrap with Bolton when we my brother-in-law, Dave Lee, remember little Dizzy? Yeah. Um, Dizzy was my brother-in-law. Back then he was. Um, he's divorced now, I'm divorced now, Like, but we still keep in touch. But me and him had a scrap. Probably unfair, like, because I'm six foot and he's five <laughs> foot one. Like, you know, <laughs> pick your he's, target. He's about your height. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I, so I think you get scraps everywhere, don't you? You know, fucking hell. 
Did you take the win? I jumped on his back from behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know a little one of them, you know what I mean? So, so you got in the next week undefeated, he wanted, a rematch, he wanted a rematch, but I wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> it was toe to toe. Undefeated. <laughs> one from one. Yeah. I'll have to put that on my medical form for the fight. Yeah. Says, have you had any previous fights? I'll have to hire that one in. Yeah. <laughs> so when you moved on from Villa, obviously, Celtic, was there interest in, in England? Yeah, there was one or two. But... Um, I think when Celtic come in, I knew a couple of lads who were at Celtic at the time, good mates, and uh, Martin O'Neill was the manager, had just gone in. He'd already signed Chris Sutton from Chelsea. I spoke to Martin before I went to Villa when he was Leicester manager. Um, so he tried to take us to Leicester. So when he tried to take us to Celtic, it was a no-brainer for me to go up there and, and sample that, yeah. That's but, fair play to him, because some managers have thought, I tried to sign him and he's gone somewhere else, fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Some, was, some stubborn bastards. Ah, it just shows you the type of bloke he is, though. He was brilliant. And uh, I think he was pretty pissed off when I didn't go to Leicester. Then when he got the job at Celtic and I seen what he was doing, then speaking to him and tell us, told us what his plans were, and then I thought, well, I wouldn't mind being a part of that. And it was That'd be best, good for best you, decision I, I ever made, you know? Yeah. Him coming back in for you thinking, do you know what, he, he, he must really like yeah. me. Aye, aye. I think it was, it was probably him and his assistant, John Robertson who's his number two when he was at Leicester and Celtic and wherever Villa after that and um, Robbo went everywhere with him I think Robbo quite fancied us as well so he mm. probably pushed it and said this kid's struggling at Villa let's have a go back at him and I did thankfully and it worked out great for me Did he let Robertson take all the training and stuff? No Robbo didn't do any training though no. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be brutally honest with you he'd, uh, he'd do crosswords and play pool and have a bit of banter that was it but I think there's a place was, for them type of coaches. Or he there? was he was like Martin sounding board. He had a good eye for a player. Um, he was the he was the link man between the manager and the dressing room. He was he was always in and mm. out. You know, if if we wanted anything to get back to the gaffer, we'd tell Robbo. We knew it would get back. He wasn't grassing. We'd would feed him things like we're not happy with the shape we're playing. I think we should go four three three and all that. So um, he's actually done me forward for me book Martin O'Neill and. Uh, I'm not giving too much away, but he actually says in the forward to me book, I actually listen to Tomo more than I fucking let on. So, um, <laughs> but I, Robbo was, Robbo was like the, the link man between the, the manager and the players. And Steve Wolf had done most of the coaching. Martin wouldn't particularly get involved in the coaching either. It was Steve Wolf who'd done the majority of it. Yeah. I'd be blaming somebody else. So I'd be like, Stubbsy says we should play 4 3 3. <laughs> yeah. I don't shoot the messenger, but yeah. Stubbsy's not happy. No, but I don't think, we, I, don't, I think he quite liked the fact that there'd be a group of us sit with Robbo because we'd sit together quite often. Myself, Sutty, Lenny, Jackie McNamara, uh, Big John, John Artson. We'd all be sitting either having a game of cards or just having a coffee the night before a game in a hotel and we'd just drop things in that we'd <laughs> need. <grenades>. And you <laughs> guarantee it would get back. It'd be a touch if we got a couple of days off him. All that kind of stuff got dropped. I mean, he was one of those, Martin. I think the old school bit like Cluffy that he was, if you needed a day off, he'd give you three days off, like, mm. you know. And, um, when he lost it, he lost it, he'd give it the old. Oh, but you what? You what? <laughs> Probably. He knew he was angry when he'd done that. <laughs> come on, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> to thread the fucking eye of a needle <laughs> just fucking
fucking pass it wide. <laughs> oh, so you knew when he'd done that with his hand, he was fucking raging. So, uh, What's it, is he scratching his no, nose? It was, just, it was just a thing he used to do. He'd put his hand there and he'd go, Tomo, Tomo. <laughs> or Lenny, Lenny. It was normally Lenny or Tomo that got it, like, you know. So, but he was he was brilliant. He didn't lose his rag very often, but when he did, oh, <coughs> you knew you were in an argument. Did you, when you got to Celtic, was it bigger than you thought? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I knew all about them. Um, <clears throat> a lot of my family are Catholics and I'd been to testimonials down in England that they played in. Um, so I'd seen the, the, the fans travelling just for a testimonial game and I knew it was big. Stubbs, he was already there who I'd played with at Bolton. Tommy Johnson was already there who I, who I knew from the North East. So I used to get this, John McGinley used to harp on about it. He was a big Celtic fan. Uh, Andy Walker, was it Bolton always hopped on it but Owen Coyle was a Celtic fan so I got all this Celtic stuff from from all these lads yeah. who knew all about it so it was just you didn't realise until you got in the door and then pff, it was phenomenal the, the media attention not just on Celtic Rangers it's just like no disrespect to the other clubs but what are they right about Celtic and Rangers so it was it, you were under the microscope all the time massive massive club and then when you start travelling the world pre-season whether it's Australia um, New York um, America anywhere Far East Celtic fans everywhere just phenomenal I mean I can walk down the street whether it's here in Manchester Newcastle Bolton I very rarely get recognised if I'm out and about anywhere if I go to Glasgow it's a different kettle of fish or if I'm on holiday you won't get a Bolton fan or a Newcastle or a Villa fan saying, oh, he used to play for Newcastle. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always a Celtic fan I'll recognise you because they're just everywhere. It's Frightening, phenomenal. It? It's phenomenal. Really so is. if we're having a night out in, in Glasgow, I need to be stood next to you just, then, yeah? yeah. 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 You not, not for the knockdowns, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you for in anywhere you want. I'll get you in anywhere you want, Parky. Just give us a text, no bother. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but it is. It's, it's a different level. It really is, I. Could you go out in the city? Yeah, you'd go out. Um, you'd have to be careful where you went out. Yeah. But um, I wasn't one of those go out after an old firm game, go out because you've won. I'd yeah. go out if we'd lost as well, because I think if you're prepared to go out when you've won, you've got to be prepared to go out when you've lost as well. I wasn't one of those who hid away because you've got to get that happy medium. Because if people see you out celebrating because you've won an old firm game, they're going to go, aye, aye, where was he when they got beat the last one or whatever. So I tended to keep a happy medium and just go out regardless, you know. <laughs> when all those unless it was a red card then I'd fucking hide but, uh, uh, yeah. it's one of them if you, when you sign could go either way you know if you start struggling obviously massive club big ex expectations <laughs> but you won the treble in the first year yeah. that must have took the edge off for you ah, your first season was, was a good season I mean I think they lost the league the season before Martin come in by 15 points which is a massive difference mm. in, in, a, in a title race and then um Martin come in and they won it by 18 points. So that's a massive turnaround, losing by 15 to winning it by 18. So it was a great first season. And obviously he'd signed Chris Sutton. Um, then he signed myself, Didier Gat, um, Lenny comes in, John Artson comes in. So for, for Celtic, you know, big money signings. Chris was six million, Lenny was five and a half million, John was five million. So he, there was, you know, bringing big players in from the Premiership who were tried and tested at that level, you know. So it was a good time. Did you find it easier? Uh, no, it was it was really tough, as hard as that says, because the standard isn't what what we were used to week in week in in the Premiership. But 
although the standard wasn't good, the intensity was ridiculous because they're playing against Celtic. Whether it's at Celtic Park, with sitting ten behind the ball, got to break them down. It's tough to do, no matter who you're playing against. And then when you're playing away games, whether whether it was Motherwell, Dundee, Dundee United, Inverness, Aberdeen, just the intensity of the games. It's their cup final. Yeah, they might not have had the quality players that we had, the Larsons, the Suttons, the Petrovs, the Lamberts, and stuff like that. But you knew you were going to be in for a tough game. You just didn't get any easy games. Yeah. So it was the intensity was ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, how was Lambert? As a player, good player. At least you don't win the Champions League with Dortmund playing in the team that he played in. If you if you're average, um, just a bit boring at times, you know, like <laughs> talk, talking about Germany all the time. <laughs> Adidas boots and BMWs and Mercedes and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he was he was he was a good skipper, Lambo, and uh, he was a great pro and good for for young lads to look at and see how he goes about his day-to-day business, you know. Thought he was the main man on the pool table, but he wasn't, I was. Him and Henrik <laughs> used to give it the big in, but um, I was the main man at pool. Shows the but, effect O'Neill had on his players because, I think I've said before, he was my manager at Blackburn and he used to do so many things yeah. that O'Neill used to do. Mm-hmm. It was as if it was just a carbon copy. Yeah. Even to the point with his collar up and that. Aye, we, used to, we used to have a bit of banter with him. Did he do that? <laughs> he didn't do that one. He don't speak Irish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He used to, he used to, he, yeah, with his collars and stuff yeah. like that, and took his bottoms into his socks and, and all that's that. That's all come from Clough. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably just has, knock I. Knock yeah. Name eighteen. Do you walk in the changing room? Nobody knew if they were playing. He would just name eighteen names as fast as he could, yeah. and then walk out. And we were like, "Are we on the bench? Am I playing?" Did he never do any shape or anything like that, Lambo? Um, he did. He did a bit. He, yeah. he was pretty hands on. Yeah, but you could just see that there was a lot of O'Neill in him. Aye. Tell us about the old firm, the, them games. Oh, it starts the week before from when the, the game before finishes. So you finish on Saturday, let's say, for instance, we're playing Rangers the, the following Saturday morning or Sunday morning. It was just the build-up of the week. The level went up in training. The media interest was just there until you pull up outside the ground, whether it was at Ibrox or Celtic Park. Um The crowds were there and it was just ridiculous. The, the, the nerves were going, the adrenaline's going. You just it just sucks you in. Um, I think I played in twenty six. Did get three red cards at Ibrox. So I, probably, I, I probably did get sucked in on a couple. Of, I'm not saying no, one for I'm a not vicious saying, I'm not saying there were three red cards. Vicious headbutt. Um, I, but uh, just the intensity. It was unbelievable. The games were quality, and I mean the Rangers team back then was full of good players as well. You know, you um, Michael Malls, Ronald De Boer, Barry Ferguson. Um, Tor Andre Flo, you know, just quality players, you know. So it was, there were great occasions if you won. Uh, if you lost, it was just uh, not good. Imagine like the foreign lads coming in, just not knowing like what the fuck's this all about. Uh, know, at least you know a little bit about it. Yeah. It's, it's a big game, isn't it? Yeah. But imagine a foreigner coming in for the first time and experiencing mm-hmm. that. Aye, it's phenomenal. Um, if anyone, I mean, I was lucky enough to be one of the few who played in them, but even like people who are, who are fans of football, if you get a chance to go to one, whether it's at Celtic Park or whether it's at Ibrox, got to take up the opportunity because I don't know if it's lost a bit at the minute because they're not allowing opposition mm. fans in. Yeah. I think they chopped it to something like 500 or 750 and then they've even chopped it down to none now. I think the last one at Ibrox, they didn't let any Celtic fans in. So I wouldn't really fancy going to Ibrox just with 
50 odd thousand Rangers fans there I think it defeats the object of a derby do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. Yeah. you've played in derbies yourselves and derbies are about having two sets of opposition fans I know the intensity of an old firm game is a different ballpark than most derbies but just you, you want the banter in the ground don't you yeah. and, and and for it to be just 50 odd thousand at Ibrox or 60 thousand at Celtic Park or just Celtic fans you know and Rangers fans come to Celtic Park once and I'm taking a corner next to the Rangers fans there Two tiers, Celtic Park. Fucking spuds coming from the top level as I'm going to take, and I'm talking about jacket spuds. Like, <laughs> honestly, because they're, they're, ta- they're taking the piss out the Irish potato fan yeah. back hundreds of years ago. So they're throwing potatoes. And if one of them hits me on the lid, even though I've got a massive coupon, I'm out the game. Even if one hits Porky on the head, it's game over. You know, honestly, I'm not joking. I ran past the 18 yard box because the potatoes were just raining down on us I'm just lucky I didn't want it because if one hit I was in trouble yeah. <laughs> probably like one of Simon Webb's left hooks <laughs> imagine batting down what, what, what's that in your pocket oh it's just a Tate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet it's the fucking two pound of Jersey Royals oh, unbelievable do you live next door to Rickson is that right it was like one of these estates, you know, like these new estates yeah. and not up new builds. Um, there was loads of people on there. Um, Kenny Dagbish had one on there at the time. I was on there. I'd just signed. Uh, Chris Sutton was on there. Tommy Johnson was on there. Johan Mialbi was on there. Morton V Coast was on there. So they were just the Celtic lads. And then you had like um, Tommy Johnson was on there. And then you had the Rangers lads. You had Tor Andre Flo, Ronald De Burr, Rickson, um, Craig Moore. Uh, Dick Advocat, the Rangers manager at the time. So on this big estate, I mean, it, it was hundreds of houses, like. But on this estate, fucking, there must have been twenty connections with the old firm. So it was, it got interesting at times. Someone asked about shouting through letterboxes. Is that? Is that yeah, Rickson. I yeah he, uh, he uh, come with fireworks and he's bull mastiff and all that. So we'll not go too much into that. There's a <laughs> piece on that in the book. <laughs> well, there was did this have a little local pub then this. Um, estate no it would have been a taxi ride away I'm just thinking it's like is it like a Celtic players corner and a, a Rangers players corner in a local pub you, you, no, you but, say hello to him no but it, in the area we lived there was, there was obviously places you'd go restaurants and stuff like that and most of the time you'd end up saying hello to them like you know I socialised a little bit with Ronald De Burr because he lived right opposite us and um, he, was, he was funny Ronald he was just you know, we'd go training a bit like this, wouldn't you? Every now and again, you just go casual, don't you? And a tracky, not Ronald, he was like immaculate every day, Gucci, Prada. See him going to train, I'm thinking, where's he going on a night out? Oh, I <laughs> just going training, just... But, um, no, we'd, we'd, more often than not, it was it was all right with most of them. But then, Fernando coming around with a bull mastiff and all that you know what I mean I wouldn't have minded having to roll around on the garden with him but I'm not rolling around with that dog man. there's plenty on Fernando in the book God rest him I know he's passed away now but he was a terrific player but he um, he was a character one of these bullet points here that just says Sutton pubes in wallet oh, shall I tell the story um, that was funny because Sutton <laughs> Sutty lived about four or five doors up from me. And my, uh, my ex-wife and Sutty's wife, Sam, they were really pally. You know what wags are like? They don't like doing much graft, do they? They want cleaners, they want ironing ladies and stuff. So they, uh, there was a lad, Bruce, who used to come and pick the ironing up and take all the ironing away. 
take it to the girls who used to iron it and then he'd bring it back all hanged and pressed and stuff like that, folded. And I said to Bruce one day, he was picking the ironing up and I knew he was picking sooties up after I went, Bruce, get the girls who were doing the ironing to put creases in sooties jeans. Sooty was off a paraffin lamp, to be fair. <laughs> he just had one pair of trainers for jeans, one pair for like a, a tracksuit on a match day and one pair for a, like a Prada sports or whatever. And he'd just wear it with a suit until then, walking the dogs. And then when them were wrecked, he'd buy another pair, but he'd just wear the same pair all the time. So he's off a tramp. But I said, to, I said to Bruce, I went, just eye increases in his jeans. And I forgot all about it. And then one day, a couple of days later, he comes into training, walks in the dressing. We used to get uh, changed at Celtic Park, take our cars up to the training ground. And he comes in and there, he's got his Prada Sport trainers on and he's got his jeans and his jeans have got creases pressed in the front of them. Well, we start ripping shit out of him, taking the piss and all that. And it wasn't just me like the lads, but he knew, he knew it was me who, who stitched yeah. them up. So didn't think anything of it, like, and then after training, there'd be me, Sooty, a few of the lads who lived up in the estate where we used to live, Tommy, if he was still there, Johan, and we'd go and have a bowl of pasta in this place called Andy Ammo, up in Newton, towards Newton Men's. And on the way back, Andy Ammo, I need petrol in my car. So I think, so I'll nip in the gar pass the garage on the way to the restaurant. I think, I'll stop and get some petrol. <laughs> so I fill some water up, and then I goes to, the, um, goes to the counter to pay, like, and I get my wallet out and... There's a woman in front of us, she appears, and then it's me next. There's a woman stood behind us, quite fit. She had her wrappers <laughs> out and all that. So I've, I've already oh, clocked her when she was filling her car up with petrol. I think, not bad. That. And anyway, she stood behind us, and I opened my wallet on the counter. So there's the counter. And I opened my wallet like that to get my card out. And there was just a bundle of pubic hair in my wallet, right? And it just fell onto the counter in the petrol station. It's fell onto the counter. The girl behind the desk's like, she clocks what it is straight away. The woman behind us is like, seeing what I've, like, honestly, like, she's seeing it. And I'm, I'm like, rushing onto the floor, trying to get me credit card in the machine. And I knew Big Sutty just shaved these bollocks and put it in my hair, and put it in my wallet, and put it in my jeans. So, yeah, that was because I stitched them up with the creases in his jeans. So, it was that kind of dressing room, like, you couldn't get away with anything, but that was embarrassing. It's worth it. Perfectly like, for him, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's worked. That could have gone any better. I think he must have thought I'd have got my wallet out when we'll go to pay in the restaurant, but he's done his even, even more of a kipper. If he'd done us in the restaurant in front of the lads, then that, that would have been funny. But the fact he got us on my own in front of people in a petrol station, absolutely done as a kid. <laughs> They're a different area, aren't they? You can tell. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Can't, yeah. Sean Curley, you can yeah. Tell. I mean, well, there's some chewing going underneath the till you've just brushed into chewing yeah. gum. Oh. Yeah. oh. I mean... If it was my own, it would have been bad enough. The fact that it was his, you know, it was just <laughs> a Fair play. Did you fuck, I bet you fuck about with the island again. Oh, no, never. That was it. But, uh, and uh, I did tell it. I'd done a podcast with Simon Ferry. Do you know Simon Ferry? Mm, yeah. um, is it Open Goal? I think I'm not sure what's yeah. got done it. And, anyways, and he asked us about that story, Simon, and I told him. Anyway, so he rang us up. He went, Tom, what are you doing saying that? It's only a bit of banter, so he, just, he went, yeah, but I do a bit for BT and BBC, and so he, he seen his arse a little bit with us, but it was it was all light-hearted banter, you know. Hopefully, it didn't affect him in any way, shape, or form. Because <laughs> We're doing it up again yeah, now. No, yeah. <laughs> no I'd done something with him before COVID up in Scotland, and uh, he turned around to us and he went, "By the way, you can tell that story tonight if you want, as you've already fucking told it." There, so, I think she uh, probably still tells that story now. Uh, you name a pop, which go up. I was in. I was behind him in a petrol station, and he had pubes in his wallet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Randomly, they weren't even. My mine are red. But, uh. How good were? How good was Emric? 
Must have been one of the best. Phenomenal. Um, he was just a natural athlete as well. Like I remember him. He fractured. Well, just before I got there, he just got fit from a compound fracture, leg fracture that he'd done away in Bordeaux uh, the season before. And uh, but when I was there, he got a bad cheek injury where it needed pinned and plated, so he missed you know six eight weeks. He comes back in training. It's like he's you know if if I get injured, I'd get like more than a month with a hamstring or something. It takes me two three games to get up the a level of fitness or get a bit of match sharpness. Henrik was just first day back Straight in training. Back. No fear about heading the ball, no fear about putting his head in. Yeah. Just lean, fit. But then apart from that, his movement, ridiculous. He's finishing, his leap. Just me as a wide man, my job was easy because he'd make fucking shit crosses look good crosses, do you know what I mean? Whereas John Orton, you literally had to put it on the money. <laughs> you had to, like, party and he was in a dustbin lid and he wasn't he wasn't moving out with that dustbin lid, do you know what I mean? So you had to be pinpoint. Yeah. Whereas with Henrik, you'd have like a 10-yard fucking margin. Yeah. Put it anywhere in that margin and ten, Henrik's getting on the end of it. So um, I was phenomenal. Good and lad I, as well. Great lad. I loved his golf, loved the beer. Uh, just just a real good lad. Um Miserable fucker at times, if it wasn't going his way. Um, didn't really like people having a pop with him. I remember one day Martin had a pop with him at Dundee United and uh, told him to hold the ball up. Ma, Henry, hold the <laughs> fucking ball up. You know, that, that one of them ones, like, you know. But um, Henrik didn't like that. But uh, he, um, he was just... <laughs> Some of the <laughs> he gets you that one. Some, 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 some of the times, some of the times he bailed us out when when we played shit, and he'd just do something, and you think he's won with the game basically. And it it was just it happened regular where he barely out yeah. phenomenal. And so, I think I think if you ask any of the lads who played with him at Celtic or even I don't keep I don't know any of the lads who we played with at United or Barcelona type of thing. I think they'd say the same about him. I think he was getting on money when he went to United and Barcelona. I won the Champions League at Barcelona. And I think he was only at United a short time, but the punters loved him. You know, talking about work ethic and all that. He worked his bollocks off for the team. Even though he was gifted and talented, he was proper team player. Um, Did he have to do a bit of arts as running then as well for him? All all ten of us had to do a bit of arts as <laughs> running. That's, include, that's including the goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> The goalies often had fucking better match running, like stats for running in the match than Hearts. Our goalie would do more sprints than rap, uh, than, than fucking Big John. But, um, Do you nah. think it improved your delivery playing with Artson? The, the fact that it had to be pinpoint. Um, you just you just knew it had to be on the money for the big fella. And um, we had Sutton as well, though, didn't you? So a lot of time they played up front together, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, at times if when Henrik fit, Henrik, Henrik played. Um, but then there was times when Big John was in form. Martin would find a place in the team for John and Henrik, and so he would drop in one bit deeper. Yeah. So, you know, we there were the three of them were quality in their own ways. Um, you knew what Henrik was, you knew what Chris was, and you knew what John was. Probably the three best strikers Celtics had in the history at the club in one time. They've obviously they've had great strikers over the years, but at any one given time to have them three. People thought Big John was just a lump, but technically, you know, he's he's touching, he's he's finishing, and he's striking at the ball. His aerial ability, John was quality. Uh, even 
you know, 24 Mars bars, like day before the game <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> they needed it. Seven years at Celtic and you were, the, you were the first Celtic player to get an England cap. Am I mm. right saying that? Did, yeah. you, did you ever think that it, because we were short left, left-sided players at the time, did you ever think it am, ampered you? A little bit where you you well, playing for England. I think it's the stereotype of Scottish football. Yeah. I think you know they think you're playing week in week out against teams that aren't as good as what you'll be tested in the Premier League. But if you look at the old firm games, <clears throat> how intense and the quality of them. And then we were playing in Europe, whether it was Champions League or whether it was UEFA Cup runs. Um, we were playing against quality teams. You know, you mentioned some of the teams in Europe. We used to, we played against Barcelona, uh, Villarreal, Liverpool, Blackburn. Bayern Munich, um, Stuttgart at the time under Felix Maggot, Juventus, AC Milan. We were playing big games, um, mm. but I just think it was overlooked that year, week in, week out, you were playing in Scotland. And Did it frustrate you? I didn't really bother. I didn't really, I didn't bother about it. I knew I was playing well. I knew I was playing in big games. Um, I just thought I, I did get a cap, did get called up once, but I just... I thought it was a bit of a talking gesture, if I'm honest, from from Ericsson at the time. I just thought he wanted the press off his back because the press were making noises for us to get given a chance. And I just thought he thought, do you know what? Just give him a just give him a cap and then mm. and then that's it, done. And I, I I thought that was how it worked. Um You got I your thought, cap though. Nobody can say I that. I got my cap. Now. Um I think he played Jamie Carragher left back behind us, and no disrespect to Jamie Carragher, he's a right footed centre off, in my opinion. Would have been better for me if we'd had a left back who was left footed who was a left back. Mm. Um, I'm not making that as an excuse, but it wasn't ideal having the. I know he could play full back, Jamie Carragher, um, but for me, he was a centre half and would have been. I'd have preferred if he had maybe Ashley Cole or whoever was around at the time. I'd have loved him bombing pastors to link up with. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. although I loved getting, obviously, pulling the jersey on and, and, and playing for England, it was just that cap I thought was just a bit of a talking gesture. Like You mentioned uh, Barca. Did Big Bobo have a tear up? I had a tear up in a tunnel at um, Celtic Park with a big motor, the centre half for. Uh, so he got um, the sent uh, Rab Douglas off. They got mixed up. Bobo got involved, and I think the ref come in half time and said, uh, "Can we have the two captains from Barcelona and Jackie McNamara as our captain?" And Jackie kind of goes in the ref's office and and uh, <laughs> referee says, "Right, number six is off, and your number one's off." What wasn't even number one? He was splitting up. It was Bobo who was getting involved with Mott, that type of thing. So Jackie Mack walks back in the dressing room and he goes, uh, Right, big rab, you're off. And then Martin does his thing. <laughs> you fucking Mott! <laughs> 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 So we had to take someone off and put Magnus Hedman on, I think, at the time. So I, Big Bobo, caused the tear up in the tunnel. I, but Big fucker as well, wasn't he? I, so I think that was obviously 10 v 10. And then Saviola twatted me just after half time. So then it, they, he got sent off straight red. Done him a kick back to be fair. He swung out of it and I jumped up as though he kicked as bad. It didn't hurt. Then he got a straight red. So it was 10 v 9. Then it was like a game of basketball then. Imagine that, 10v9, you got in Xavi and Ronaldinho and all that, and Eto, holy shit. That's when you want it 11v11, because you need to keep the spaces more, but that was a proper Barcelona team. Did you get a result? 
We won one nil, yeah. Do you not know that I scored? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I thought you might have had that on your sheet. We won one nil. Like, uh, yeah. I've got pubes in wallet, but I haven't got your goal oh, against yeah. Barcelona. You've not got the winner against Barcelona. That's me claim to fame. That <laughs> so is the you know obviously the old firm atmosphere is that different to the. European Cup night, Tuesday yeah. night lights, Wednesday night, whatever it is. Are they different atmospheres? Uh, the, the, the old firm games, you sensed, you sensed the the friction, the tension, the hatred between the, the the fans, and and the players got involved in that. And you know, people say to you when you, you're playing in big games as a player, they'll say, "Oh, it'll settle down." You know, see it through the first 15, 20 minutes, see it through, then it'll settle down. More often than not, an old firm game would it would be scrappy. You know, it, it would take a mistake or a worldie or something like that for it to be uh, decided. But the the European games, the atmosphere was different in the stadium. It was an excitement. It was a buzz. Whereas the old firm games, there was a proper tension about it. Um, and then obviously the European games, you, you you played against some of the best players in the world. And then games, some of the some of the players you played against. So, but there was a yeah, definitely a difference between the atmosphere between all firm and, and Europe. Yeah. I mean, you said you did get sucked in, but did you? You know, the three red cards in all firm was it just one of them things I, where... I, I think, I think looking back on it, I probably did. And then when I went into the, the management coaching side of it, when, when Lenny was the manager and he took us in as first team coach, that would be my advice to the lads before the games. You know, don't get sucked in. You know, we ain't going to win an all firm game or, or many games with, a, with 10 men on the pitch. So that was my advice back to them, giving them a bit of learning from my mistakes. Don't do what I'd done because you're letting people down left, right and centre. Mm. So I, you, you can say I did get sucked in, certainly on maybe one occasion. I know I got three red cards, but I mean, the head butt's never a red card because I don't make contact. He goes down, love and crance like a bag of shit. Gets done, you know, straight red, which was for me not. And then another one, probably two yellow cards on Ferguson. You know, two yellow cards, probably lack of discipline. And the other one I'm unsure about, but... Um, I can get sucked in without a doubt and that was the advice I give when I was on the coaching side of it for all firm games mm. just just bite your tongue be careful stay on your feet don't get roped in I know Fabregas was um, he made the headlines for throwing pizza at Ferguson didn't he yeah did you have a summit with Mourinho Lucas had a summit I was a UEFA Cup final in 2003 in Seville yeah we just conceded before half time in there we obviously going in at half time one nil down disappointed and uh, he was piping up in the tunnel Mourinho like to someone I don't know if it was officials or whether it was one of our players or someone one of our staff anyways it was a bit of a hoo-ha it was a roasting hot night I'm not sure the temperature but it was warm so got a drinks bottle trying to get some fluids in before I go in the dressing room you know talking earlier about starting fights off and then doing one <laughs> <laughs> That was when the hand grenade pin come out. And I, just one of them. I just got Mourinho like six feet away, just straight <laughs> in his coat on. I think he's a cut, it comes out at pace as well. Then the them, tight I, thing oh is. yeah, come on you when you properly go like that. It's coming out like one of them kids' water gun. Like that. And anyways, it gets him like, and then it obviously it kicks off properly then. So it's just a complete fracas, and I just do what I'm going to say. I'm sat in the dressing room like, I'm thinking, where the fuck's everyone? 
where's everyone? <laughs> then everyone comes in a dressing room. You fucking started that, you and you done one. Well, I didn't. I just, I just got in a dressing room, get some fluids. <laughs> but yeah, I've never bumped into Mourinho since. He'd probably want to give us one. But yeah, I, got, I, I did. I did. I did. The shock of it. Yeah. You'd be furious. I believe you say them. They do come out quick. Flyers. <laughs> they do. <laughs> You can wipe it as much as you want, but you'll still yeah. have that you know, when you're stickiness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a good in that. Had you moved on when Tommy Gravison came in? No, I was. That was there. Yeah, I. I um, do you, could you do Tommy at pool? Because he was a. He I didn't a play Tommy at pool. No. When Thomas come in, I was at the stage where I'd been like frozen out no when the manager says get over there and train with the kids I was at that stage so I didn't I wasn't really around the first team much then so it was it was when Stratton come in after Martin yeah. and Neil had left and I was kind of getting pushed out the door so I wasn't really although I'd obviously spoke to Thomas a few times because he's um, he's got a couple of pals who I know and stuff so got on well with him but he was a bit wild wasn't he mm. a bit wild did you have your own pool cue by the way uh, were you that good I. Well, it was my dad's. I used to nick them out. My dad's uh, locker in the snooker club. Yeah, but I had my own eye. Yeah, <laughs> I was decent. I'm not just saying it. Can't believe it. <laughs> I believe you. I know, like if Lambo's watching this, Lambo will be saying, "Nah, nah, you weren't the best." But I was. So. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> so you say was that the first time in your career where you've had that? Then where you've been frozen out? Where you? Uh, no, Villa, uh, Villa as well. Um, towards the end at Villa, I was kind of. You know when you're getting pushed out, don't you? You know when when your time's up. So and how did um, you take that? How are you? I was fine. I was I was great with it. Listen, I'd had what five or six seasons already at Celtic, and most of them, four or five of them, were, were good ones. Um, and I knew I was coming to the end. Henrik had already gone. Uh, Sutty had Sutty had gone. So it was it was kind of Martin O'Neill's team coming fizzling out and, mm. and Gordon wanting to bring in his own blood which managers do that I was 33 I was on a deep, very good contract and I just think that had young lads coming through at the time Sean Maloney Aidan McGeady and I just think they wanted one me out the door whether it was a wage bill or whether it was just get young kids through so did you do it in a good way I moved on did he did he speak to you about it or um, was it that bit unrounded? Uh, Gordon, Gordon was all right with us. I'm not I'm not so sure who the chief executive was, but um, as I say, I go into detail in the book about it. It's not nice. It's not yeah. nice the way it ended. Um, but it's one of those you've got to take on your chin. And I just wanted to get out and go and play. And I did. I went to Leeds. So did that tear your time at Celtic a bit? Or? Um, not for me. It didn't. I think a lot of people probably thought, why? Why did it happen like that? Why? Um, why didn't you maybe get the send off you deserved and stuff like that? Because I'd had a, I'd been a good servant and and enjoyed my time there and, and won lots of things. But um, as I said earlier, I go into it in, in a lot more detail in the book about the ins and outs and my opinions and um, how it was. Listen, it does it breaks you to, to to leave a club that you've had such a good affiliation with. And even now, I, I do a lot of functions now and I bump into fans and. They're brilliant with us, and they ask us questions: why, why this, why that? By the book, <laughs> so no, it's. Uh, I loved, I loved it, but it was hard at the end, and it was a pre-season. We were away in America, and he could tell I wasn't happy. Gordon Strachan, to be fair to him, he just said, "Look, I can see you're going through the motions, type of thing. You know, you don't really want to be here. 
he said, listen, we'll get you a flight home if you wanted. I said, yeah, listen, we'd already played someone in Washington or somewhere like that um, the night before. I think he put us on for four minutes at the end and it was kind of like, you know, deserve a bit better than that. Do you know what I mean? Putting us on for four minutes of a pre-season mm. game. So whether or not he was trying to piss us off or what, I don't know. But the next day I flew back. Yeah. How did the move to Leeds come about? Um, the chief scout at Leeds was a lad called Gwyn Williams. And um, he was like Ken Bates' right-hand man, if you want, Gwyn. But I was I was at Chelsea when I was 13. Went down to Chelsea a couple of times on trial as a young Geordie lad. So Gwyn was the head of youth development at Chelsea. So he'd always kept an eye on my career, going on through wherever I was, Newcastle, Bolton, Villa, Celtic. And then and then um, when I'd become available from Celtic, he'd obviously sent to Dennis Wise, who was the manager. I had the lad when he was at Chelsea as a kid, like, you know, he's this, that and the other. And Surely Wise knew about you as well, though. You know aye, I mean? Dennis, aye, I think he, he probably did, but I played against a little rat a few times. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Dennis Wise and his wobbly eyes. Uh, <laughs> nah, so he, a rat at all. I, I, nah, I, I, he was great with me, Dennis, but um, that was his, his song, wasn't it, on Radio 1 with Chris Moyles. He'd be driving into the train in the Chris Moyles radio show. Dennis Wise has wobbly eyes. He looks like Nookie Bear. <laughs> <laughs> he ripping the piss out of Leeds. He was, a, he was a Leeds fan as well, Chris Moyles. He was ripping the piss out of the manager. I think it was a Chelsea connection. Nah, so Dennis got in touch and Gwyn got in touch and said, did I fancy it? Um, obviously Leeds, Leeds at the time Blakey was there obviously um, Gary Kelly was there it wasn't a great period in the club's history but for me it was just a chance to get out and play How was Wise as manager? He was good um, he was thorough he was he was right into his tactics I mean a lot of people said behind the scenes oh it's Gus Poyer does this Gus Poyer does that no Dennis was Dennis was clued in himself right into his set players probably going back to his Wimbledon days Phone against set players, I've never seen anything like it in terms of how meticulous he was. We'd get uh, we'd get like a little catalogue of A4 paper on a Friday, get take it home on a Friday night. We'd have to study it. Then before the game, like ten minutes before kickoff, when he's doing his whatever last words, you have to hand them in. So he'd take them <laughs> off everyone. I used to try and hide them next to me towel and that with the pages open, you know, because he'd ask questions. You do Where should you be? He'd test you. So he test. He asked three people. But he might not say, Tomo, who's the five in the so wall? You don't know it's coming. So he ah, might right. just say, Tomo, who's the two-man wall on the right-hand side? So I had to know what other people's jobs were. And if you didn't get the question right, that's why I tried to hide it. Like, writing answers on your hand. It was like trying to hide it, but he'd count them, count them in to make sure he got everybody's. And if you didn't get it right, it was a one straight in the kitty. Yeah, it was 100 quid straight in. So he used to test you. It was good. Because yeah. you didn't have to just learn your jobs. You had to try and... I mean, some people were thick as shit. They couldn't even learn their own jobs. <laughs> when he asked them a question, they just go, there's me wanna. Come in from the wall and go, there's your wallet. There's me He was good, Dennis. He was, he was very, very thorough. You always know you wanted to get into coaching after. Aye, I couldn't have done much else. You know, got a GCSE in pottery. What, what was I going to do with that? Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> I, I, I started doing my badges when I was playing, when I was at Celtic, yeah. so, even, so I'm probably about 30, 31 when I started doing my badges and then just went on to do them all and then gradually started at Newcastle doing the youth team, yeah, and then worked up from there. So did, 
I bet you jumped at the chance to go back to Celtic then, considering you you didn't feel like you had the send off that you deserved. Oh, once once Lenny rang us and said, yeah, he was caretaker manager initially. Yeah. And then when he said, if I get the job, I'd like you to come in, type of thing. Yeah, it was a, was a no brainer. Even though I was doing the reserves at Newcastle um, at the time, it was it was kind of like yeah, nice to go back and be a part of that massive club again. Mm-hmm. You'd obviously played with Lenny, and then then you're working under him. What are you a different person, player to manager? No, he was much the same. Um, I think what you see is what you get. Um, I think he was much like that as, as a player, Lenny. You, the way you see him on the pitch was how he was off the pitch as a player. And I think the way he was on the touchline as a manager was the way he was away from the touchline type of thing. So he was he was, he was was much the same as what you see is what you get, yeah. Did you set out wanting to be a manager? Eventually? Um, I initially, I did. Um, obviously thought, cut your teeth, do the coaching stuff. Um, I mean, it's something I'd like to get back into. Um, if something come up, I'd love to do it again. It's it's a bit of freedom. I love being on the on the on the grass, coaching young lads, developing players, whether it's first team level, which it was at, at times at Newcastle and and certainly for a couple of years at Celtic. But yeah, I love it. I think it's I think it's great. Um, it's a tough gig. You know, as a player, you've got a contract, so most of the time you're going to be there the length of your contract. If not, sign a new contract. As a manager or a coach, you don't know where you are and when yeah. and how long. So that's the tough side of it. So maybe getting something secure with a youth team, 18s, 19s, something like that might be more. But I, I love coaching, yeah. You were at Berry for for a while, weren't you? And was that why it was all... Was it Stuart Day? Yeah, Stuart there? I was all kicking off. It was... Um, that must have been a nightmare. Ah, it was a nightmare for the players. The players weren't getting paid on time. The fans were frustrated. Um that's with Clarky, isn't it? Aye. Yeah. yeah, Lee took us in and it was, it's just a nightmare for a club with that tradition. The fans, yeah. you know, all right, they're not a massive club, they don't get massive crowds, but for that four, five, six thousand people, it's their lives like, you know what yeah. I mean? For them to go down the pan, it's just tragic. They're on the way back though, aren't they? I have the set up, aren't they? Yeah, so fingers crossed mm. that they can make yeah. a go of it, aye. When you were playing with Gareth Southgate, could you, I bet you, <laughs> you couldn't see where he is now. No, um, although he was a great talker, he was yeah. he, he, you know he was he was always saying the right things, whether it was on the pitch or in the dressing room before the game or half time or after the game. He was he was um, he was good at putting his point across. But um, could you ever see him as best mates with Woody? <laughs> no, I would never put Gareth and Woody as mates. But obviously at Palace they were at Palace together, yeah. so that's where Woody become friendly with Gareth and Alan Pardew I think they were quite tight the three of them so when I, just before I left Villa I was at Gareth's uh, 30th birthday party in Sutton Coalfield place called was it Four Oaks lovely lovely place I couldn't afford to live on there but Gareth could and, and <laughs> one or two others um, Doug Ellis the chairman and that but Gareth had a lovely big house so it was his 30th and uh, I wasn't drinking I was, I'd had the heads up about going up to Glasgow possibly the next day Um so I was thinking, I better keep myself right. Might need to drive to Glasgow. So great party. Gareth put a great function on, and great caterers were in, and he had a rock band on. And um, Woody's obviously there. Obviously, nothing to do with Aston Villa, just as one of Gareth's best mates. And uh, I think one of the rock band. I'd left. I'd left fairly early. Left my ex-wife there at the time to carry on partying. And then the next day, I get to the story. Woody sparked the lead singer from the rock band. <laughs> Gives him an absolute banjo. 
please, please call and everything and big Woody sparkling. I think the rocks, the lead singer of the rock band had tried to hit on Woody's missus and Woody's just gone over and banged her. And like, so, no one called like, tonight, boys. Like, I, I, I can imagine, like... He, he probably didn't admit that when you had him on, did he, Woody? No. No. Didn't tell you that. I can imagine Gareth sat at end of his bed after the party. I know. We weren't supposed what to what end on. Yeah. We weren't supposed to have the busies over it. Blue lights outside now. <laughs> I think it ended the party. I think the band packed up and said, that's us done, like, because the lead singer was out of it. <laughs> Quality. What a guy. <laughs> nice one, mate. Yeah, well, thank you very much for coming Aye. on. We'll look with the fight and with the book. I know. Might carry on the boxing after, but not in the ring, just on the pads. So I don't <laughs> get it back. Yeah. Who would you least like to get in the ring with, like with all the hard men? It's from Steps. Who <laughs> <laughs> you play because we, we spoke to me, Bobo, Jerry, Big Jerry John, Taggart. John Orton. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the big man in action. He's Andy, the big fella, without a doubt. Imagine party wouldn't be three bad, like. My lover, me not a fighter. I don't think you'd be a jabber. I just think you'd be one of them who just walks onto it. Just wants to get us in the corner. <laughs> yeah. If if I've uh, if I've not if I've not knocked you out within a minute though, you've a fucking great chance of fatigue. It's a long time a minute, by the way. <laughs> fatigue you, you do well if you've done a minute, by the way. I'm telling you now. I'm looking at the clock after thirty seconds with a gum shield in and I'm thinking two minutes is a long time. So what are you thinking for your walk on? Music? Possibly a blues song. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Fog on the Tine. Uh I don't know really. A bit of Jerry Cinnamon. I don't know. People are saying you've got to be like get the crowd involved in that, but I don't give a shit about the crowd. It's like something's got to get me in the yeah. zone, hasn't yeah. it? So I'll probably not even notice the crowd. I'm fucking nearly vomiting now thinking about it. Fucking done as a kit, my hand. You've got me thinking when I'm going to be sick with a gum shield. I'll probably fucking choke on me gum shield or something. Not but being serious, talking about the vomit, I hadn't even thought about the fight. <laughs> Guaranteed, I'll be spewing my ring up now. Just don't have a gap Don't, don't have yeah, a gap no, yeah, don't have a gap off. I don't know what I'm going to eat before the fight. Yeah, I hope think. I'm first on. They've not even given us the order of the fights. Just came with Lucas' head bottle before, just before Mel. Oh, yeah. oh well, yeah. this won't go out after the fight anyway, so I could... <laughs> yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you, mate. Cheers. Man, man. All the best. Cheers. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.